Hi and welcome to episode 22 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of TIR and I'm a wedding photographer too. Today I'm really honoured to have the one and only Candice Cusick. Candice has photojournalism in her blurred, having worked at the Chicago Tribune and other publications for over 20 years. Her moment-driven photography is thus core to her wedding work, and indeed to everything she photographs. And she's also an incredibly experienced teacher, having taught workshops and seminars all over the world. Stick with us today as Candice talks about how she went from newspaper photojournalism to weddings, the importance of being you, why we should stop comparing, how she is diversified to family and pet photography as well as weddings, why it's so important to watch hands, her top tips for better documentary photography and so much more. Once again, this episode was recorded a while ago before the world changed with the pandemic, so that's why there's no mention of it in our conversation. As an aside, I think Candice has the most wonderful voice, so silky smooth. I hope you enjoy listening to her as much as I did. She really should have her own radio show. Right, over to the conversation. Hey, Candice, how are you? Hi, Alan, how are you? I am really good, thank you. Yeah, great. How's things with you? Things are good. It's snowing in downtown beautiful Chicago, um, but, oh, wow. it's, but, it's, but it's good. How are you? Oh, yeah, good. Oh, wow, it's really snowing there. That's, that's cool. Well, very cool, obviously. But... <laughs> Do you guys get much snow? Oh, hardly at all. So I'm in the very southwest of England in Cornwall, and no, we get snow about once every five years, probably. Wow. Well, anytime you want to, to see snow, come on down to Chicago and uh, we'll save some for you. Oh, that would be good. I'll hold you <laughs> down. <laughs> does, it, does it snow really? Is it every winter it snows there then? Absolutely. Um, Chicago is right on the lake, so it's beautiful. And um, it's it's wonderful place to live. It's a big, vibrant city, but it's also a great place to live if you actually like colder weather, which okay. I, I prefer it. So That's I, cool. I have nothing to complain about. <laughs> That's cool. And do, do you get do you get white white Christmases often then? Absolutely, and they're just beautiful. Oh man, that does sound lovely. You know, I can't. I don't think I've ever had a white Christmas ever. Alan, you got to come to Chicago. <laughs> let's, let's make it happen. <laughs> I would love that. You know, I would love it. My whole experience of America is very sadly is only Las Vegas. I've been there like six times and never anywhere else. That's a travesty. <laughs> Please do not let Vegas represent uh, all of America. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, it'd be great for you to see something uh, something different. Yeah, and, you know, really Vegas, Vegas doesn't really have t tall, big, beautiful buildings um, no. like Chicago. So, oh, I'd love to get. I would love to go to Chicago, definitely. Um, Time you so want. Oh, thank you. Have you have you always is that where you grew up in Chicago? Have you always lived there? I actually grew up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and I studied photojournalism at uh, the University of North Carolina. And I moved to Chicago not long after I graduated and I got a job at the Chicago Tribune. So that's what brought me here. Okay. I worked for them for 11 years as a full-time photojournalist. And since leaving the daily newspaper um, to start my own business, uh, I've just I've fallen so madly in love with the city, if you haven't already noticed. Um, yeah, you do sound very happy there. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Chicago is definitely home. Oh, that's cool. And what, what was it like then being a staff photojournalist for the Tribune? Um, I imagine it was very varied work. You got to see a lot of different things. You went to India, didn't you, for example? 
I did. I, I went to India twice to document the tsunami. Um, I covered Hurricane Katrina. We, we really did world news extensively. It was, it was an exciting place to work. Um, but this was back when newspapers were a lot bigger in size. <laughs> they right. had more money. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a fantastic job. When I first accepted the job, we had 50 staff photographers and five were female. So right. it, it was, um, it was an exciting place to be. It, it was, a, you know, it was tremendous amount of pressure. Um, but it was something that I've been training for, you know, I've been a photographer since I was a little kid. So I've been training for this moment for a very long time. And <laughs> when I was, uh, when I was in college, I, you know, I really loved photographing any real raw human emotion. That's what I wanted to do. Right. Okay. And so I spent a summer documenting a, a boy's prison and I, followed a homeless family for four years. This is just when I was in college. So coming to a major newspaper and doing world news, um, you know, was just, was really a wonderful fit. It really, it was exactly what I was supposed to do with my camera at that time. That's cool. And I, how did you go from then that photojournalism into weddings? I mean, I read that you were using your dad's SLR from the age of six. So I guess photography has always been <laughs> really in your blood, you know? How, yeah. How did you get into weddings? Oh, cause I was trying to escape newspapers. <laughs> 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 oh, but you know, at the time, I mean, I, you know, I was a photojournalist for 20 plus years, um, at, you know, other publications and, uh, and then finally the Chicago Tribune, and then we just saw the the um, the industry had changed, and you know we went from covering world news to covering press conferences every day. And yeah. I would spend my lunch breaks looking at wedding photographers and looking at their websites and becoming so inspired because they could shoot any style they wanted. There was never an editor, you know, telling them you should have shot it this way. I would have shot it that way. It was just, it, it was a complete breath of fresh air. And an old friend of mine that I met in college, uh, his name is Wee Win. You've probably heard of him. Oh yeah. He, <laughs> he's, he, uh, he's the brainchild and, um, just the complete inspiration behind fearless photographers. Mm. If you haven't already joined fearless, please do. Mm. He uh, he really inspired me. He left daily journalism to to go shoot weddings, and uh, I would look at his work, and it just absolutely blew me away. So, moving into weddings was a really it was an easy transition. Towards the last year and a half of my career, every every weekend, every vacation day. I was shooting weddings. And I guess from your photojournalism background, did you, I guess you were instantly capturing weddings in that same way, were you, in, in the documentary way? Absolutely. <clears throat> One of the things that I love most about photojournalism is, is its realism. Mm. And that's what captivated me about photography. Just when I was a little kid, I loved real moments. So 
it was an interesting transition going to from, you know, from daily newspapers where if I if I moved something out of the shot or I darkened the photo too much, you were you were at risk of losing your job. Yeah, right. Wow, yeah. And then shooting weddings where, you know, it's it there were different rules. Um I still have a hard time with that. I still love to shoot weddings. But I, at this point, I don't even think I've ever asked the bride and groom to go walk, go walk down this pathway so I can mm-hmm. photograph. I've never done that because well, that's cool. It's well, because once again, you know, you I would have been fired if I'd done that <laughs> yeah. for a daily newspaper. If I if you try to direct the scene in any mm. way, yeah. so it was a wonderful lesson to get the camera where it needed to be and to learn how to anticipate the action. So that you didn't have to stress out over the fact that you couldn't control this. You know, you 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 can't control anything. You're just observing and reacting. Um, so I still, you know, I still pretty much shoot the same way I was taught all the way back then in in photojournalism school. That's cool. And when you were looking at other wedding photography at that time, were were many people doing that kind of documentary approach to weddings? There were, and and there still are, um, and it's and it's wonderful. I mean, I think anybody who wants to do something different in in this industry is uh, is someone that's really exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm sure you've seen enough photos of the bride holding the holding the bouquet and her head's mm-hmm. chopped off, and it's just a photo no, yeah. of the. Yeah, we've all seen it, and it's it's always a vertical shot. We've all seen it. So, yeah. is there any reason to keep doing it? Oh no, exactly. And it, it it's so competitive <laughs> and such a saturated market. You've got to be different in some way. You've got to be different, and I really do believe you have to. You have to find what makes you special. You know mm-hmm. what what whether what your favorite thing is to do on that wedding day, and then. Use that to your advantage. Um, you know, I've spent most of my life dreaming of being becoming a, a photographer, uh, dreaming of becoming a wedding photographer, dreaming of becoming a studio owner. And it's all because I visualized it and made it happen and found out what my strengths were and delegated the rest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like especially for young folks in this industry who are perhaps getting passed over because they don't know what to charge or they don't know what their style is or they're, you know, trying to copy other people to, to find their own true style. Um, the best piece of advice I could give them is just take a break and take a breath and figure out what you love doing. And, and that is what your main focus should be. Oh, I think that's great advice. I was just, yeah, you can't see me, but I'm smiling and nodding back here. I think that's, that's really great advice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's change tack slightly for a little bit. Um, if you had three wishes, what would you wish for? And you can't wish for more wishes. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> um, gosh, that's wonderful. Uh, I I would wish for um, for my family to be happy and healthy. Mm. Um, I would wish for unlimited creativity and abundance mm. in my life. 
that uh, that makes me smile. Um, and the third wish, I would uh, I would really love to have more time to uh, volunteer and to support causes that I believe in. And I'd love for uh, I'd love to be at the start of more projects that would aim beautiful bouquets of money towards uh, local rescues and charities and and organizations that I love. Oh, those are all really lovely wishes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alan, what were your wishes? Oh no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, so. Um, what were, what were you like at, at school? I know you said earlier you were always into photography. No, did did you take did you have photography classes? Did you know that you always wanted to be a photographer? I did, and you know the 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 blessing was that this was before Facebook and Instagram, and I was uh, I was in the dark room and I was shooting black and white film, and I really it was you know you really did not have the access to compare yourself to everyone else, to compare yourself to the world like you can today. Mm. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful way to become stronger in your, in your craft is to put the blinders on and just do mm. what you want and stop comparing. Cause I, you know, I don't know where I would be today if I was, constantly trying to get likes on Facebook or, you know. Yeah, that's so true. Focusing on the wrong things or walking around as a young, you know, student glued to my phone. You know, it's just, mm. <laughs> when I was in school, I was a photographer and I was a total photo geek. And <laughs> I, ran the, I ran the dark room on campus and I sang in a band on the weekends and I did. Oh, cool. I, I did things that, uh, that felt great and that made me smile. And, um, I just, you know, I, I never really, I never doubted that I wouldn't get a job doing what I wanted to do because it was just something that I did every day. That's, that's so cool. That's a life goal really, isn't it? To, to pursue your passion and, you know, make what you love your career. I mean, that's just got to be a goal for happiness. It absolutely is. And as long as you have less to complain about, (laughs) Um, your life is happier is what I've found. You know, I, you know, there's still photographers today that complain about vendor meals. (laughs) Mm, I mean, I'm a vegetarian. I can't eat half that stuff anyway. I'm not going (laughs) to, I really don't want to spend too much time arguing about it because I want to take a big, I want to take a look at the bigger picture and really, really focus on what, what, I, you know, what I want to succeed at and finding ways to, um, to find that support to allow me to grow. Mm, that's so true. And I think it was interesting what you said about being in a different time and we you know without Facebook and Instagram, and it's kind of scary for me as a dad with, you know, I've got two kids, mm-hmm. how their life's going to be different growing up with social media and that kind of instant comparison. It's it's scary. Do you think your life would have been much different? What would you do if you weren't a wedding photographer, for example, or a photographer in general? If I wasn't a photographer? Well, I you know, the reason why I fell into photography at such a young age is because my parents, um, they they found the camera to be an important tool. And when we left the house, it was, oh, wait, don't forget the camera. 
Okay. <laughs> so I don't know many parents that are actually doing that today. I mean, t- typically the camera's on your phone. Mm. So that's why I fell into what, you know, to, I found what I loved. If I wasn't a photographer, um, I know back in the, in the day, I, I, I would have loved to have been a singer. I would have, I oh, would have cool. found some, I would have found something creative. Uh, do you still do any, any singing? <laughs> um, every single day, much to the, dis- to the, the dismay of my neighbors and perhaps <laughs> my partner. But, um, yeah, I honestly, I really want to surround myself, you know, without sounding too, you know, hippy dippy. I really do want to surround myself with positivity and, uh, anything that you can do to start your day off on a wonderful note, um, including driving to the studio and listening to the stupidest pop songs that would, yeah. that would maybe make you smile. It, it really does go a long way to, yeah. um, to success. Yeah. That's so cool. And I can hear the, the positivity in, in, in you and your voice. It's so cool. When you um, sang in a band, what kind of music were you kind of singing? <laughs> <laughs> we uh we wrote our own music but we also sang a lot of old uh r&b and soul records oh, cool. um okay. like old stacks old aretha old wilson pickett otis redding uh the like <laughs> oh, nice and what, what was the band called do you remember oh uh, no i'm not gonna tell you that anyway oh, but... no. <laughs> <laughs> back funny. in the day <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah <laughs> And it's cool. They still got that love of music. If if you were cast away, this is not an original question, but if you were cast away on a desert island and you could only have one album with you, what album would that be? Oh my! (laughs) Um, I remember the impact uh, that uh, the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, had on me. I was just in junior high. I mean, I. It was obviously an older album. The Beatles were already done at that time. But I remember listening to it. Um, I had my record player on the floor. And I remember just sitting down next to it, holding that record album and listening to it and crying in some points. So that that album is just is pure magic. And uh, I'll always remember that as one of my top five. That's cool. I will let you have that on your desert island. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as well as your wedding work, you, you now, um, you're also doing pet photography and family photography and have your own studio as well, which is awesome. So I think this is something that, you know, a lot of wedding photographers are kind of interested in, in doing and branching out. Can you, can you tell us about, about that work? Absolutely. Um, it started with hiring interns. Okay. And, I would get college interns, I still get college interns, uh, who want to learn from professional photographers. And if you have a university near you, you can absolutely do the same. Okay. Uh, This has been just an instrumental move to get me to where I am right now. And so we spent years uh, sitting at my dining room table and... um, having interns coming in, you know, a couple days a week and the move to a studio, it really came after I took Steve Saparito's workshops. He's also another 
person you you know your your listeners should really definitely look into if you haven't already. Okay, cool. Learned, learned his practices. Um, I really wanted to connect to clients on a different level, and I wanted to uh, I wanted to sell wall art. I wanted to do things that I couldn't do inside my home. So. Mm-hmm. So branching into a studio, and now I have, um, I actually have four interns a semester. And uh, so I have help every day of the week. And now I actually have a place to take pictures indoors. And in Chicago, that's kind of important. So (laughs) with all that snow, (laughs) (laughs) I know. So photographing pets was a very natural, uh, segue for me I've always I've always had a connection with animals I've always been a vegetarian I've always you know just carried my heart on my sleeve especially with animals so I wanted to photograph I wanted to photograph uh, dogs specifically but I wanted to photograph them in a way I hadn't seen them before so with my staff we have gosh we've just we've done just hundreds of shoots. Not all of them are successes. We made <laughs> so, many, so many failures. But the great thing is that you learn from your failures, mm. and you go back and you make them stronger. And that's uh, and that is something I'm proud to say that we do every week. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. And does, as, I guess you are you still photographing the animals in the kind of way that you know you're obviously very focused on moments and weddings. Is it still moments with your families and the pets as well? It will always be moment-driven photography, uh, no matter what I'm photographing. And and this is something I teach in my workshops, this, the very, very specific things that I look for before I ever take a picture. I look for the same things in humans that I do in animals. And once you know what to look for, then it just makes culling a breeze. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, cool. I've I've never struggled struggled with culling. It's just it's lightning fast because I know the most important things um, that would make that photo stand out, and uh, it just you 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 can tell instantly whether or not the photo has it or do, or doesn't. That's cool. Have you had any nightmares in the studio with like dogs? I don't know, like going wild, and or is it all been fine? <laughs> I'd say the wildest thing that I've seen so far is a dog who just peed all over the couch. But that's about it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like comparing to like photographing world news and like wearing a bulletproof vests. It's it, it. I can take the dog pee any day of the week. It's really no big deal. <laughs> that's funny. Was it? Was it? A, was it kind of scary going into the studio thing though? You know, because it. You know, there's a lot more overheads, I guess, you know, from weddings, you could, everyone's kind of, well, most photographers, I guess, are just working from home. And, and then suddenly with a studio, you've got a lot more kind of overheads. Was that scary? It was absolutely scary. Not only, not only because of the overhead, but also, um, let also, let's also mention the fact that I've never actually really shot studio work until yeah, okay, I got right. studio. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I have very good friends. Um, I am the least technical photographer you're going to meet. So the great thing is I have really technical friends in this industry who just told me what to buy. And I really had to learn studio lighting uh, immediately um, while I was paying 
<laughs> I bet that, I bet it's a totally different beast. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have a clue about studio lighting at all. Yeah, well, you know, I'm still learning, but you know, coming from a you know a lifetime as a photojournalist where you're trained to trick the light and you're you're trained to just adapt to whatever lighting situation you have and you know shooting in an eighth of a second is fine and then going into a studio is completely different um i've i've grown so much in just a year uh but i'm but i'm i'm forever i'm forever thankful have you found that it's impacted your wedding work at all you know the studio work and i don't know like your approach to the studio work I don't know. Has it affected your weddings? Um, I think owning the studio has certainly given me a level of credibility mm. that I perhaps I did not have when I was meeting clients at home. Right. Yeah. That's a good. So, point. yeah, my my studio is actually it's a storefront. It's on Chicago Avenue in Chicago, Illinois. It's cool. it is it's a legit business, and I think that is something that gives my clients some comfort and not only that gives their parents some comfort and they're you know as we all know they're the ones that write write the checks um, <laughs> that's but, so true yeah and but, it must have been it must have been super for you that like that first day of like opening your studio it must be such a proud moment it it has been i i i really am trying to um I'm trying to encourage, push myself to celebrate my successes more. Mm. Uh, I think when I was growing up, I was around a lot of uh, bold egos, brash egos in my families and family friends. And I think I, I started to think of success as ego, which was bad. And so I, mm. I you know, every success I've had, I've been like, Oh, well, that's nice. You know, <laughs> don't really, I don't really focus on it too much. Um, I, now I'm really trying to, I'm trying to talk myself out of that mindset because I I am forever thankful and I want to um, you know I'm not every success that I have or you have it, it's not just yours it it's also your clients mm -hmm. you know and it's their families and they sh they're a part of this just as much as I am so you know I think I do need to to spend more time um, including them and celebrating with them and. You know, feeling more confident, posting on social media and all that, all that stuff that I try to avoid. And I honestly, I do let my interns handle most of that. And I need oh, to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, I think yeah, something which you're really known for, especially in our industry, is is hands. Can you tell us about that? Why you're known for it? <laughs> Uh, I think one of the first speeches I gave at the Fearless conferences, um, I started teaching how important hands and body language are when you're photographing people. Mm -hmm. And so uh, every time a subject moves their hands or puts their hands on their hips or has any sort of body quirk, it's a great time to just shoot, 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 shoot every single every single quirk that they that they present while you are taking their photo, because these simple little gestures actually they add up to real moments. Right. Okay. So it's just the um, you know you could photograph someone talking to you, but if they're actually raising their hand and touching their face in you know mid conversation, that 
photo becomes five times more powerful mm. because of that simple gesture. And, you know, it's the same thing if you're, if you're photographing animals, you now know what to look for. It is, it's all in the eyes. It's in the ears. It's mm -hmm. in any way to make that one moment powerful. Um, That's cool. Once you, yeah, once you know what to look for, it's, it's easy, but. Uh, it's cool how that works across. Sorry, does that, I think it's cool how it, it works across species from humans to animals as well. I think that's cool. <laughs> well, these are the things that I've learned. And like I said, I, I really, I'd never really even photographed dogs before I moved into my studio, but it has been the same. It, photographing them has been the same. It's, uh, it's, it's I, once you know what to look for, it's pretty easy. But um, I do have to admit, dogs are much uh, much more difficult than a 10 hour wedding. <laughs> at least in weddings, you kind of know what's going to happen. They're going to walk down the aisle, but with a dog, you have no idea. <laughs> the, the dog's just going to jump out of the shot like 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Cause they, when they say in show business that they don't work with animals or children and, and now you're working with, you're working with them. Though. <laughs> I know kids are kids are the same thing, but I gotta admit, when a kid breaks into tears, you're like, oh, and but when a when a dog jumps out of the shot, you're like, oh, but you're still so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have um, dogs yourself? You know, I grew up with dogs, um, and then I started shooting weddings, so I opted to get cat. <laughs> so oh, okay, cool. We still have just a cat, but she's, you know, she's freaking awesome, and I would hate to uh, to ruin a great thing that we have going on with her because yeah. um, she's great. But, no, I, in the future, I would love to have a, uh, a, a dog that I could bring to the studio. Oh, yeah. Have there been any you any kind of really strange or exotic pets that you photographed? Not yet. Uh, I think the hardest thing I've photographed so far were two kittens because oh, ki oh I know, right? <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely an awe moment. But kittens, um, kittens bond over one thing. They will not sit still for the camera. Oh, okay. <laughs> The minute you place them in where you need them, they are going to run and hide under the couch or whatever. So that was uh, that was a great learning experience on how to photograph them um, and how to show their personalities. And the biggest t aha takeaway moment was, OK, well, they're they're, they're going to run. So we need to shove them into this lovely little glass container and let them peek out of the front before oh. they jump out. And that's the shot. So. Oh, that's cool. No, that is cool. Oh, cool. Let's change, let's change tack slightly again. Um, sure. What's the first thing or things that come to your mind when I ask, what makes you happy? Uh, singing and um, yeah. yoga. Oh, cool. Do you do that often? I do. I do. Um, you know, I can't even touch my ankles. Sorry. I just, I just say I can't even touch my ankles. I'm so unflexible. <laughs> doesn't matter as they say in yoga it doesn't matter it's just yoga <laughs> you do you and you just feel you and and, and that's fine um, I love how we have the greatest job in the world I love how we have the ability to make such a positive impact on so many people and uh, I I I love I love having that as part of my life 
No, um, that's cool. My yeah, family 100% makes me happy. I'm on, we, we talk every day, all day. Um, my partner, hey. my, my studio, my, my interns, everything. It just, I don't, oh. can't, I can't put the key in the door of this beautiful location without, as soon as I walk in, I just, I have to shout aloud. Thank you. Thank you. I, lo- I love this place. That's proper cool. I bet it must be awesome to have that. I think that is really cool. And have you got family still in Chicago then? Are they nearby or? Actually, none of my family is in Chicago. Oh, really? They're still in North Carolina. (laughs) Oh, okay. Right, cool. Is that far? Sorry, I'm all for my American geography. Is that far from Chicago then? You know, it's only like an hour and a half flight. Oh, flights though. (laughs) I thought you were going to say hour and a half drive or something. Oh, no, no, no. But, you know, the great thing about being close with your family and owning your own business is I'm down there. I'm down there all the time. So right. it's good. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, if you could choose one day in your life to live over and over again, like Groundhog Day. Have you seen Groundhog Day? <laughs> I certainly have. Yeah. <laughs> Which day would you choose if you had to live one day over and over again? Oh, gosh. Um. It's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I would have to go with today. Or oh. To... <laughs> oh, that's a great way of looking at it, though. That's so positive. Yeah, I, I, I think um, focusing more on the present and being happy about where I am now and excited about making huge mistakes and learning from them <laughs> and... Uh, I can't wait to see where where I am next year. So I, I'm I'm really really I'm very happy to be where I'm right now. That's very cool. That's such, that's so great. Do you do you think I think that's honestly so good? And I think more people need to be kind of living in the moment and enjoying the present. Um, it's hard for a lot of people to do. I mean, do you, but do you think about the future? What you'll be doing in you know 10, 15 years time? Does it ever worry you, or you, you just don't think like that? I, I certainly do, but I, what I've learned is I can't um, I can't bank on it. I mean, I didn't I didn't know I'd be photographing pets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had no idea that I would be photographing inside of, you know a studio that I ran. I I I didn't know this a year ago. So um, I, I really do believe in in dreaming big and sharing those dreams with your closest and your nearest and dearest and telling, you know, not being afraid to tell your friends, I'm going to own a studio. I want to be a photographer. I want to be, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. So dreams are always going to change and grow just like you change and grow. But as long as you're open to visualizing what you want and sharing what you want, not only with yourself and your friends and, and the universe, it will happen and it will grow with you. So who knows where I'm going to be next year? I'm mm-hmm. sure a, cam- a camera will be involved. I'm sure it um, will. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, honestly, I think the biggest, the biggest takeaway I've, I have just looking at what I've, what I've accomplished in one year is I've got to keep pushing and growing and um, I'm going to keep re-evolving. Uh, re- you know, that's, I'm not necessarily reinventing, I'm evolving. So that's, that's cool. something I would love, I would love to see more photographers do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mentioned I'm the least 
technical photographer out there because I don't spend a lot of time looking at megapixels and (laughs) (laughs) new cameras and debating, you know, lenses. Um, You know, just because I shoot with my heart and Mm. that's what I look for, you know, when I'm photographing anyone or when I'm getting a new client, I'm looking for that connection. I want that heart to heart connection. And that, and I hope, you know, I I hope my photographs show that. Oh, and they do. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm like you as well. I'm such not a technical photographer and for cameras, I'm not really interested in cameras, you know, the actual tools, they, they are just a tool for the, for the job for me, you know, it's. Yeah, it's an, it, it's interesting though. But um, other than That's other wonderful. than <laughs> other than other than photographic skill, what what skills or attributes do you think wedding photographers should have? I think wedding photographers to stand out from other wedding photographers in their field, you've got to really just find your confidence, mm-hmm. and and above all, be you know, be nice. That's the thing. Um, I see, I've seen photographers who just kind of scare their subjects a little bit. So, (laughs) you you know, you got to realize you're, you're going to be in someone's face all day long and they're hiring you because they like your photography. But I think they're also, they also are hiring you because they like you. If you're a great person, you're going to get great people to work with. That's a given. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think it's really easy for the client who doesn't know anything about photography and doesn't know anything about wedding photography. Um, you know, I've had requests before, and I'm sure you, we all have. Oh, you know, I don't need any getting ready photos. Mm. Well, that's my job to to explain to the client. You know, it's not really for you. These these getting ready photos. It's more for I want to get to know your family. I want to hug mom. I want. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to be comfortable with us so that when mom starts crying later on, she's not going to freak out because I'm taking her picture. Mm, she knows so me. She, she knows me. She trusts me. They've all gotten to see us in action and just they've learned, you know, that now they're comfortable enough to ignore us. And that's all I want from a wedding day. So really, you know, you, you really want to be someone who's just, comfortable in any environment and positive and happy and uh strong i think that's so cool again i'm just not digging back here i think i think that's such good just good general life um advice as well really to to, to be nice you know it's so important <laughs> it really yeah. is though i know and i think i i, I learned at a very young age that creative people any artists musicians photographers creative people are always a little could be you know could be a little on the spectrum or mm-hmm. maybe just a little a little off i know i certainly mm. you know growing up i was incredibly sensitive and you know total book reader and just weird in my own way um but as long as you're nice you know it, it's it just goes a long way um yeah. especially i I think looking at photojournalists, especially when I first started, um, you know, big brash guys with big lenses and just, you know, being like, you know, your, your world photographer, um, that could be intimidating, but Mm. you know, it's, it's you, if, if, if your clients aren't connecting to you and if your clients aren't hiring you, 
Um, it could be your photography, but it also could just be how you're presenting yourself. And so mm. I think if you're nice and your photography is still in its growing stages, you're still going to get hired. Mm. That's so true. I think that's great. Great advice. I really do. <laughs> um, and you mentioned about how you were really into books. Have, has there been a specific book that you've read that's had a, a lasted impact on you? Not really one book. I mean, I've certainly got favorite books throughout my lifetime. Um, I think I was a huge Stephen King fan growing oh, up. Oh yeah, cool. Um, yeah. You know, I what's your I, what's your favorite Stephen King? Oh my goodness, I think it had to have been um, it. I'd read it several times. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've never read. <laughs> I've never read that one actually. I need. Oh, to. it's it's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the one that. Um, tripped me out the most I think it was Pet Cemetery. I honestly find that really really creepy. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, the Stand is also a really great one. Oh yeah um, that's huge isn't it? Yeah I just love anything that just kind of gets in your soul and mm. you know. I re- have you read. Makes it um, impact. Have you read his on, uh, on writing book where he talks I, about. I, I have. Yeah I found that I found that really inspirational and a lot of what he writes about could be applied not just to writing at all but to kind of general life advice I thought that's a really good read and I think that's really essential to to spend time reading to spend time you know going for walks going to play basketball whatever it is because that is all going to come back and inspire you and the easiest thing about photography is that it blends itself to almost any industry, <laughs> you know, photography and music. Hey, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's inspiration all over the place. And uh, it, it's once you just remain open, it's just it's fantastic and, and easy and um, brilliant to just find that inspiration every week um, in any way you can. So absolutely that's cool yeah um you've spoken at conferences like literally all over the world like all over um and indeed that was how we met at, in london at nine dots in 2016 when we were speakers um i guess you must really enjoy them you know and, and you do workshops you must enjoy the teaching side do you still learn yourself from those things as well <laughs> absolutely yeah. I, I i've always um it's not just that i've loved teaching i love photography and I can talk about it all day. So <laughs> I was, uh, I was a, I, I just accepted my job uh, as a photojournalist at the Chicago Tribune. And I had an assignment to go photograph uh, Northwestern University's journalism school. Mm-hmm. And so I just walked into the admissions office after my assignment and I just said, Hi, I'm Candace. What can I do here? And that led to uh, teaching photojournalism at Northwestern for a decade. Wow, a decade. So so I've always taught um, just because, yeah, because everything I teach, it comes right back to me. And I, I, I learn and I learn as much and if not more than my students. And that's cool, especially since I've been around college students for so long. One thing I love uh, t- working with adults is, you know, the the best way to learn how to get the camera where it needs to be is to be comfortable 
in different environments and be comfortable talking to strangers. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do street photography where you don't say a word and that's cool and that's stealth and it's really hard, but I think it's also harder to walk up to somebody on the streets of downtown Chicago and say, hi, can I take your photo? Oh, yeah. Please just ignore me. Let's just have a conversation. Um, so, so we do that in my workshops because, oh, scary. well, you know, the great thing is after that, it, you're not scared anymore. And now you're like, you've got this confidence. I can go talk to anybody. That's and that's, that's, you know, that is a lesson that, you know, goes way beyond photography. That's very cool. And, and yeah, confidence is such a big, big thing with so many photographers, I think. Um, yeah, that sounds good. I would be so scared of doing that though. <laughs> Come okay. Now you're definitely going to come to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. We're going to do that. I want to get over that. <laughs> like you can, it's really easy to tell. And I've judged a lot of photos. I've I've done judging for you. Um, it's so easy to tell when you look at a photo if the camera is not where it needs to be. Right. And typically that that just screams that the photographer wasn't confident um, to get close. And so just getting over that one little hurdle of being where you should be and just letting other other people just ignore you um, really goes a long way. Yeah, totally. That's great advice. Instead, when you were teaching photojournalism at university, did you did you ever talk about weddings at all as a, you know, a, a, an avenue of photojournalism? Absolutely. Uh, especially... Uh, when I first became interested in weddings and it's, you know, it's kind of funny. I was trying to become uh, a wedding photographer and, and I'd never actually been to a wedding. <laughs> so it's very similar to moving into my own studio and I never really shot studio and I certainly had <laughs> pets yet. So um, <laughs> maybe I was manifesting for the future, but yeah, I, I, I think a strong photo and a strong moment it's you can you can see it anywhere it could be it could even be in fashion photography it could be mm. in any style of photography a, a great moment is uh is just something to learn from mm. and in going to your business specifically um in terms of marketing and getting yourself out there what what's been the most effective tool for you i uh when i when i first got this studio, I joined uh, a lot of local business groups, um, Chamber of Commerce, uh, a lot of women groups as well, where you meet monthly, but you now you're actually developing people, you're developing relationships with people who can refer you. Mm. So that's key. Um, because, you know, the end of the day, it's great to have a big happy family where we can all just share the share the same clients, yeah. and um, and there's no reason why you can't. Uh, for weddings, it was doing the same thing. It was just making friends who you know with with other wedding photographers, and now you've got a great referral base. Mm -hmm. And I still love to share referrals with my friends. You know, hey, I'm booked. Do you want this one? And vice versa. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think you need to strike off on your own and like be, no, I'm the lone soldier. Well, you know, you can do that, but you might be a little lonely. And, yeah, yeah, because it is, it is, it can be quite a lonely industry really without that kind of network as well. 
Extremely. And I, I think networking is so important. And for, uh, you know, for social media and, uh, you know, MailChimp and, you know, growing email lists, that's just been incredibly helpful to have uh, interns help me with that and and help me run this business, basically. Um, That's cool. Every time they come in, they're going to put their stamp on something that they get to be proud about later. And mm. and that's wonderful. And, and I really do think, you know, I'm not... I'm not a big control freak. I don't really want to have my foot in every aspect of my business. I don't want to color correct, mm-hmm. you know, a thousand wedding photos. I'm quite yeah. happy giving that to my staff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I do know a lot of photographers, they want that control in, in maybe too many aspects. So I think once again, you just find what you want to do, delegate what you don't, um, and I found the same thing, even with, uh, even when I'm shooting, you know, f- working with a second photographer who can take all the family formals. Mm-hmm. So while, the f- while, you know, while they're doing that, I can shoot candids of people just waiting to have their photo taken. Once again, that's what I like to do. Delegate it, you know, delegate what I don't to, to someone I trust. And I, that's probably the biggest word of the day is trust. And I do have a lot of trust in, uh, in my team. So, so letting go, letting go of those little aspects, it's not painful. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'd love a break. (laughs) Yeah, it's important. I think that's cool. And I guess with each, each different intern must bring their own kind of different energy and, um, kind of freshness to the business a bit as well. Absolutely. And, and also inspiring. Mm. Oh, that's, that's very cool. And do you always, so you mentioned that, do you, do you always shoot weddings with a second? I always shoot weddings with a second. And I also shoot weddings uh, with a lighting assistant. Okay, cool. So that, then again, that allows me to divide up my day into where do I want to be and where do do I want to delegate? So Mm. You know, the bride and groom walking down the aisle, it's great to have someone you trust to take that photo so that you can be up in the balcony or, you know, mm-hmm. taking a fun, creative shot. That's and cool. the, the more you delegate, the more time you have to become creative. Mm-hmm. But if, if I was working alone, I would have to play it safe a lot and, <laughs> uh, and safe gets a little boring after a while. Yeah, that's so true. When you shot hundreds of weddings as well. <laughs> and you, you've been shooting for you know quite a while now. How have you have you seen has the industry changed over that time? Do you think? And how do you see it evolving in the future? Well, I've seen. Um, I mean, considering I sh- I started on film. And, wow. Yeah, I and, cannot imagine yeah. shooting a wedding <laughs> film. I could not. <laughs> not to date myself there, Alan. Thanks a lot. But, <laughs> You know, when I was when I was growing up and when I was in college, we were admiring photojournalists and we would look at other newspapers from around the country and open up those papers and look at these beautiful photo essays. That was who I, you know, was aspiring to be at that time. Um yeah, the industry's completely changed. I mean, even just when I when I joined the Tribune, we shot film, then we shot Nikon, then we shot Canon, you know, it's, it's all changed. And 
and that's okay. You know, I've, 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 even when I was a little kid, I would, I kind of resisted change, but so I'm still working on that, but, um, you know, it's okay. It, it's, it's as long as you, once again, I got to go back to as long as you got to, as long as you can still find what's important to you and focus on what makes you happy, bring on the change. <laughs> That's a cool way to look at it. Thank you. It really is there. I think a lot of people are so kind of scared and afraid of that, but you've, you just got such a good mindset, I think, for it all. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I get scared and afraid too, but I have to remind myself that, well, think about it this way. If you went to a wedding terrified, would you be happy with your work afterwards? No, okay. um, but I'm all, I'm still nervous for each wedding, you know, beforehand. I, 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 you know, I certainly am too, but I think I've, now that I've got a team, mm. I'm much more comfortable when I first started and I was shooting by myself, I would get to a wedding like two hours early. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was sweating bullets before I even, you know, before I even got there. Mm. But having that team allows me to take a breath. So it's finding that support and that allows me to thrive, not just shoot a wedding, but, you know, go make some mistakes. Um, when you've got teammates that you trust, you, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable making mistakes at a wedding. But if I'm just shooting by myself, no, I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's so cool. That's so cool. It really is. Oh, it's been so good talking to you. I think we haven't got that much time left. Honestly, Candice, thank you. This has been awesome. But I've got time for, I think, one, one, one more question. I love the way, by the way, you, your, your name has like candid in it. It's like you're meant to be a documentary photographer. It's like, it's awesome. Thank I you. bet people have said that to you before. So people must have said that to you before. I, I know. I, I think you're the first. I really appreciate uh, that. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, can we, can I ask, what would be your top tips to help someone become better at the documentary side specifically? The the quickest way to strengthen your moments is to um, have some patience. I think the hardest thing for a photographer, especially a young photographer, uh, to do is to put the camera to your eye and actually wait mm. three, four, five minutes for a photo to come together. That's... Most people, most people just, they're, they're already off to the, the next shot. And so really composing and waiting is something that is just, it's remarkably easy to forget about, uh, especially during a hectic day. But that's the, uh, that's the, it's the best way to get some really fantastic moments. And that, that these are moments that you really worked really hard to get. Um, and, and had the confidence to not shoot whatever else was happening because you're waiting for something magical. I, I honestly think that's great because, and it can be difficult at times, isn't it? Was you, you feel like something could happen here, but you hear like a big laugh somewhere else and you're kind of torn to maybe go to that. But having the patience, as you say, can be, can really reward you with the, with the great moment. <laughs> And once again, when someone's laughing and there's something else going on, you know, that's what your second photographer's for. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You know, it's okay to just focus and wait for what you are, what's going to make you happy. 
Mm. I think that's great advice. And I think, as you say, to have that team and a second photographer, you know, I've only ever shot solo. So um, it does it does make total sense what you're saying. It really does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's certainly been a growing experience for me. But, you know, I, when I first started, I was solo too. Mm. Um, and then I realized life is a little bit sweeter Uh, (laughs) you know especially if you can get some interns to Mm. at least you know hold your light it just changed it changed everything for me Mm. oh that's cool oh oh candice that has gone so quickly i I just (laughs) love that i love hearing your voice by the way it's like silky smooth it sounds so lovely Thank you, Alan. It's just been so nice reconnecting with you. And I honestly, I'm, I'm thrilled to be asked on this program. And I really, really love what you do. Oh, well, thank you so much. Honestly, it's an honor to talk to you and have you on here. And I think people are going to love that and find you just shared so much gold and so many interesting stories and so open. So thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, I loved it. I really did, honestly. Um, <laughs> and if, if people are listening now, you know, while they're running or editing, um, head to the site, thisisreportage.com, and I'll include um, lots of examples of Candice's work and, and links to your, to your website as well. And, yeah, just thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you. Honestly, if y'all ever need anything, don't, don't hesitate. Oh, same here. And I'm, I want to come to Chicago. I want to play in your snow. <laughs> I'll save you a snowball. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, awesome. Thanks so much, Candice. Thank you, Alan. Take care. And you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the 22nd episode of the This Is Reportage podcast. Candice was amazing, wasn't she? Love her voice so much. Head to This Is Reportage to see more of her work, a full transcript and link to her website too. If you enjoyed the podcast today, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes to be notified when each new weekly episode is ready, bringing you advice, tips and backstories from some of the world's best photographers each week. We have lots more episodes already released too, so do check out our back catalogue if you enjoyed this one today. And if you're not yet a member of This Is Reportage, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 Reportage Award and 18 Story Award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, exclusive discounts and more. No poses, nothing staged. This is Reportage. And this is bye for now. Mm-hmm.